0: Welcome to Best Picture This, where it is always Oscar season. I'm Mike.
1: And I'm Brian. In this show, we reevaluate every best picture nominee from the 21st century and decide whether to keep it or kick it from its Oscar pedestal.
0: Mm, But really, if we're following the logic of this week's movie Mm -hmm. and assume that a comet is barreling toward Earth, Mm -hmm. that would mean that any movie we keep is destined to be destroyed with everything else. So maybe mm. so for we this week... we kick it back out into th- outer space? I think if we want to keep it, we should be kicking it so it's safe, right?
1: So is that like two rockets up?
0: <laughs> I was trying to think <laughs> of the most complicated thing, like your boots up, boots down. And I think I, I accomplished mm. my task here. Maybe. In 2001, the nominees for Best Picture are... 2021. 2021. The nominees (laughs) for Best Picture are Dune, The Power of the Dog, Belfast, Coda, Drive My Car, King Richard, Licorice, Pizza, Nightmare Alley, West Side Story, and today's movie, Don't Look Up, directed by Adam McKay. Here's the trailer.
1: This is not real.
0: This is not real. This is not real. This isn't happening. Kate, uh, tell me this isn't really happening.
1: I hear there's uh, something you don't like the looks of. We discovered a very large comet. Oh, good for you. It's headed directly towards Earth. This comet is what we call a planet killer. At this exact moment, I say we sit tight and assess.
0: Sit tight and assess? Sit tight. And then assess. The sit tight part comes first, then you got to digest it. That's the assessment period. This is the worst news in the history of humanity. He just blew us off.
1: What are we going to do? We have to release the information. So we just leak it. <gasps> Our guests today have made a pretty big discovery in space. How big is this thing going? I can't it destroy my ex-wife's house. Is that possible? <laughs> There's a 100% chance that we're all going to die. I'm, I'm, Hey.
0: Okay. <laughs> well, the handsome astronomer can come back anytime, but the yelling lady, mm, not so not much. Not so much. We're going to get the news out
1: there, one way or another. It's real and it's coming. FBI! Jesus Christ, you could have just called me. This comet contains $30 trillion worth of material. What do trillions of dollars matter if we're all going to die? Oh, oh, no, is we're rich. This would be terrible. Oh.
0: You guys discovered a comet I have a tattoo of a shooting star on my back.
1: Oh that's that's terrific.
0: <laughs> this could be a complete disaster. This is already a disaster.
1: <laughs> you know that girl from Life TV said we're all gonna die. No. you' yeah, no
0: the fbi put that bag over your head they don't do that the cia does but i made them do it you know i had a feeling it's a good feeling because that is what i did and it was very funny and cool Uh, (laughs) you're getting a good laugh out of that trailer (laughs) okay
1: jonah hill in this movie (laughs) so golden um So this movie, Don't Look Up, was nominated for Best Picture. Also for film editing, music, and Best Original Screenplay for McKay and David Sirota. It was made for $75 million, but only made $1.5 million in the box office. However, it was a Netflix movie, and it set a record for the most viewing hours in a single week on Netflix. It was the second week it came out. 152 million hours people spent watching this movie. And yet... What, what, so, what, first what's that? What's that?
0: so first of all, that's based off of Netflix just telling Netflix us those numbers. Right? Uh, well, that's
1: actually Wikipedia <laughs> reporting it. So I but think I think Netflix is good. the
0: one releasing these numbers. So it's not like an independent study saying... Maybe not. I and mean, also, why break it into hours? Because if a movie is well, two hours long... Well, they also do long, minutes. They also do minutes. It's dumb. It should be, it should well, be views, no, right? No,
1: it's because you can't... If you just turn on Don't Look Up for five minutes and then you turn it off, does that count as one or does that like a not really... I don't know. That's where the minutes matter. The minutes definitely matter.
0: It seems like an overly complicated way of telling me how many times. That's what Best Picture This is all about. Box office, one ticket equals X amount, done.
1: But box office, most likely, you're not going to pay 10 bucks, go in, watch it for 10 minutes, say you don't like it, and leave. Yeah. Netflix, you are definitely going to do that if you're not that into it.
0: So you're thinking that this... More hours
1: means people liked it that much. You think
0: that this stat is telling us that people are watching this movie multiple times.
1: No, I'm saying that when people, I I don't think, I think just it's saying like if somebody watched like the middle third of it, that counts as 45 minutes, mm-hmm. uh, two, you know, three quarters of an hour. If somebody watched the whole thing, that's two hours. So the total amount of time someone spent glued to the TV, this is the most anyone has ever been glued to a TV this movie caused the most people to be glued to the TV. The most, according to the
0: source to that Netflix. released yeah. this piece of media,
1: probably Netflix reported somewhere in Wikipedia, scraped it off their website. Mm-hmm. And are we? Are it, you? Is this a conspiracy it, theory well, or something? Because part of me, what is wrong? With part this? of me doesn't really buy it. Because no, who's
0: Did you checking? Not like this movie? Who's checking?
1: Is <laughs> let's that what you're the, getting? You're to?
0: trying to skip past. This is the most important part of our no, conversation it is not. right here. You're about... trying to
1: justify. <laughs> That people spent too much time because you didn't like it. If you don't like this movie, you're in trouble.
0: Trying to get us to give it extra points because people would watch a whole movie start to finish.
1: Why would they give? Why would they select "Don't Look Up" as opposed to other movies? Why wouldn't they lie about "Power of the Dog"? The "Power of the Dog" got the most views. Like, yeah, I don't know. Why? Why would they try to fudge it?
0: I think "Power of the Dog" it's not a. That's not a movie for for the mass consumption
1: for the. The normal person,
0: yeah, but don't look up. Scott laughs. Look,
1: don't look up. Set a record for the most hours of viewership ever on Netflix in one week. I think according that's, to that says Netflix. <laughs> However, despite its great popularity on Netflix, it got a 56% on Rotten Tomatoes, 49 on Metacritic. That is a solid rotten movie according to those measurements. Hmm. Coming up in the show, we'll ask each other three questions. We will talk trivia, and then we will decide. If this belongs in the top five slash top ten of 2021, based on the like three or four movies we've watched from 2021, um, how one thing I will say is that the movie did get much more pod- positive reviews from scientists than it did from critics. Mm. So,
0: you know, okay. Does that count for more
1: question? Number one, that counts as if a scientist watches Netflix, that counts for two. That counts for two. I didn't expect
0: this to get so heated before the first question. So I'm interested (laughs) to see where this is going to go. So my first question to you is kind of a simple one. Mm -hmm. A is this a comedy Mm -hmm. and B if it's, if it is, does the comedy strengthen or weaken the movie's message?
1: I think that it is a satire. So therefore it's funny and it also has a message. It's um, definitely a satire. Yeah.
0: Full stop satire. I will agree yeah. with that. So,
1: I mean, satire typically is funny, poking fun at how seriously we're taking certain problems. This movie is taking poking fun at how we're not taking climate change seriously enough. That's kind of Adam McKay's, out, you know, he said that in an interview. That's kind of what the purpose of the movie is. Yeah. Um. So, did I think it was funny? Yes. I laughed out loud many, many times throughout the movie much more than most comedies that I have pretty much ever seen.
0: Okay. So about <laughs> the movie's message, mm-hmm. the weight of it, does the comedy strengthen or weaken what McKay is clearly trying to do in terms of making a point?
1: Well, I think that, <clears throat> um, that, that that's, it's a good question. I mean, that question almost sounds like it is one guaranteed to elicit a golden take from me. That's why I'm stalling to try to come up with one. So if you want to make a point about climate change, like mm-hmm. we need to live in a more green society, um, it's probably not the most effective way to change someone's mind. Mm-hmm. It's also, it, it it's entertaining. I mean, they got all the movie stars. It's not a documentary. It's supposed to reach a broad audience. But is it thought-provoking? Um, I think that it is thought-provoking in that it makes you question yeah, why is it that our society has all these scientists saying, look, this is a big problem, and it's not in the headlines? In that sense, it is very effective in helping you in, in you know, suggesting that you should think about that question. As far as, like, getting people who are saying don't look up to actually look up, it won't do that.
0: Mm, yeah, yeah. I think that's a good way to put it. I will say first... Yeah. that I love the ambition Obs- here. Of course. I love the ambition. And I, ambition. and I respect any movie that is trying to make oh me feel gosh. a handful of competing emotions all within like a five minute span. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. But tonally, <laughs> I think this movie's a mess. You, I, I think it's kind of a are mess. Are you a climate denier? Climate change
1: <laughs> denier? Is that why you don't like I, it?
0: I love how that, a movie like
1: this, it's like, well, if you don't like it, then you must not believe in climate change. You must be.
0: So it is a comedy first, <laughs> yeah. but the comedy leaves no room for interpretation of any kind.
1: I think that you're other in- than the comet is coming,
0: but where's the interpretation? I don't think there's ever a moment where McKay does not want us to get it, to get to the get point, what? to get to what? get his point that we're ignoring
1: science. It's not supposed to be complicated. It's a satire.
0: Oh, see, I don't agree. If if that's the case, I think he would have made a 90-minute silly comedy where it has all these little funny bits in it that we can say, "Oh, yes, I recognize real life on in some respect on the screen here and let's have a nice laugh at it." But this is not that. This has a lot of other drama going on. It has he's trying to make grand <laughs> capital i important <laughs> messages Uh but i have a big problem with it because in a 90 minute movie you could have the wrong people be nothing but wrong Mm -hmm. and that's fine because they're caricatures but because this is trying to do more than that i think it's a problem that like every single person in the presidential cabinet from the president down is like a complete irredeemable idiot Uh every (laughs) single person And so like, how can we empathize or understand any of their motivations or what they're thinking at any time in the movie? We're just supposed to
1: poke and laugh at them. So (laughs) first of all, that's where there's satire, but, (sighs) but I think that it works because everybody gets sidetracked by little dumb things in the movie. Even the scientists. Jennifer Lawrence is obsessed with snacks. And how much they cost and how much they didn't cost. Yeah. That's an example, just one of many examples of how it's not just the buffoonery of other people
0: well, it is because who, are those, who are, are those people are in the White House that are
1: jipping her on the snacks. But it's everybody, it's even them who get caught up in the pettiness of little things. We're all human, so we all do it. It's just that some people want to look up at the comet and some people don't want to look up at the comet. Hmm. I, I think that everybody is a very human and flawed person. Of course, yes, the 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 White House people, they're more caricatures. So you think
0: you think the White House people are human in this movie? No,
1: no they're they're caricatures. I mean, they're they're set up to be you know funny and it it's it again, I don't know how else to say besides the satire. It's making fun of you know the The um, presidential um, refusal to take strong action. People of authority. Their refusal to take as strong action as it seems like the science suggests.
0: I think you got it right the first time when you said that McKay is not interested in pulling in people from the other side. No, not at all. This movie is preaching to the choir. (laughs) And if you're not in the choir, you're going to hate this movie. And if you are in the choir, I
1: think you're going to feel a little bit like, yeah, I know. I get it. I agree. Stop yelling at me. Well, but then you have the human drama of certain of the characters. Leonardo DiCaprio uh-huh. has a has a complicated character arc, and Jennifer Lawrence has a not quite as but somewhat complicated character arc. Those are real people, and I think they are they they, they provide some Real heartfelt drama. I think, especially toward the end, which we're not going to spoil it, but I think the ending is is great as far as their story story arcs go.
0: We'll talk more about the ending for sure.
1: Yeah, later. So, anyway, the, I, I was I was so afraid that we would come in here and you would hate this movie, because you're totally wrong. So here's <laughs> my question. Um, when okay, so the movie was announced in November 2019. Okay. It was delayed due to the pandemic, Uh due to the pandemic. Do you think that the movie also became about the pandemic? Oh, yeah. Yeah, me too. For sure. Um, And the other question I had was, do you think that it's attempting to win over some partisans? And I think we're both agreeing that it's not. Absolutely no chance. So here's a couple of negative reviews. This one's from the National Review, conservative publication, Kyle Smith. He wrote that the film, quote, expends 140 Brain injuriously unfunny (laughs) minutes propelling low velocity spitballs at social media, (laughs) at social media, Washington tech moguls, Trumpism, and this details, this detail feels thrown in at the last minute, Mm -hmm. Mm anti-vaxxers. What a wonderfully creative (laughs) review that is... Sort of hilarious. Now, here's the contrary to that, okay? Okay. This is what I loved, because when I read that, I was like, "Those are the pe- that guy is exactly who they're be- satirizing in the movie, and he doesn't seem to really get that. That's what I thought when I read that. And then I hear mm. Nathan Robinson, editor of Current Affairs, believes that critics were not only missing the point of the film in important ways, but that the very way they discussed the film exemplified the problem that the film was trying to draw attention to. Some of the responses to the movie could have appeared in the movie itself. That's totally how I felt as I was reading some of the anti-reviews about the movie. It's like, okay, but if you're criticizing the movie, it's almost like you're saying, no, we have the right to not look up.
0: Mm, that's what I feel like. I don't know about that.
1: Not Maybe not you, but that's what I feel like some of the anti-critics were saying and it just seemed to confirm the satire to me. See, I, I, I think, thought it was totally brilliantly done. I
0: think that is the danger though of making a movie yeah. from The Perch of Your High Horse. Like it seems like but McKay is doing here. It's
1: over the top to the point that you don't really think Adam McKay is this smug. You don't think Adam McKay is like Jonah Hill? I don't, I don't know. I mean Is he Jonah Hill in this movie? No. No, he he sees all of it. He's not Jonah Hill, but Jonah
0: Hill, it's like how could a guy like that be in any position of leadership? And I think that there's no there's no sort of... The son um, of the president.
1: The perspective
0: of the <laughs> filmmaker seems yeah. very, very narrow yeah. to where it's almost like he doesn't believe that there's anybody intelligent in any position of authority anywhere except for these scientists Do who th- were, not, were, we're not paying attention to.
1: Do you think Adam McKay is trying to give an accurate, true-to-life window into the white house no but like I, I, aaron sorkin into the west wing of course not totally not of course so not. so he's not saying this is what the president really is like he's taking their the one little like i i'm so politically motivated and so capitalistically driven that i'm going to try to ignore the comment that's what he's that's what he's trying to say and i think that it, hmm. it, it's funny
0: I think I would have appreciated it more if it was just funny. But the fact that it's so clear to me that he's trying to make (laughs) bigger, important points. It's okay if he's trying to make a point. The payoffs don't work and they're unearned because there's never that sort of reversal where we can feel like, oh yeah, a revelation. There are no revelations here because the script doesn't change in its perspective of you know who's right and who's wrong. It's like the scientists are right at the beginning, and I'm not saying that scientists are not right, yeah. but I'm saying in a narrative, when we're watching a dramatic arc, we want there to be some kind of change, and there isn't one if it's like these people are right in the beginning and everyone else is stupid, and then in the middle part of the movie, these people are still right, everyone else still stupid, and then at the end, guess what? They're right.
1: I think that it's, I think that it's more effective to me saying... As the movie goes on and more and more excuses are made for the comet, you realize like, man, that is sort of what our society is like in a narrow, you know, through a narrow lens. Mm-hmm. That's totally what happened. Look at the, there's a big concert. There's all these different, you know, yeah. this is what it's really like on a TV show where they're trying to make entertainment out of the news, you know? So all these things are satirized. I don't think that that he's... he's um I don't really think that he's villainizing. I think that I think that he's satirizing. It's a big difference.
0: Ugh, I don't know. Well, we'll talk more about the media with my question here. Question: Rob Gonzalez. Mm-hmm. I know I'm probably mispronouncing that. He's from FilmCritic.com. He says, in making Doctor Strangelove, Stanley Kubrick largely ignored what quote the media would say. He focused on the donut, the government, not the whole. McKay focuses on the whole, the media, and then and then decries the void. So I've seen some don't look up truthers out there say that the only reason that this film isn't doing great yeah. you know, is because it criticizes the media and the media are the ones reviewing the movie. So of course they don't like it. So where do you fall on that?
1: I think that some of the media probably didn't like being satirized in this way. And, you know, but that's okay. <laughs> I didn't really. I mean, yeah. I think that it does poke fun at people, and if you're totally hardcore, you know, believing that way, then uh, you won't like it too much. I don't think that the the low reviews they're too low to justify that. I mean, fifty six percent means that a lot more than just some you know left wing media people didn't <laughs> and, like and it.
0: And it's another conspiracy. A <laughs> lot of people
1: didn't like it. Yeah, yeah. that's true.
0: Um, I mean, the Kate Blanchett, Tyler Perry show is yeah. infuriating, and like, why did
1: you not see any truth in it, though? Uh, yes and to no. To me, why are they on that show?
0: There are other shows. They're gonna keep going back to this one because where they these go people to all are, of them. Are, are. Did we see them on other no, ones? But, Were they but, ever
1: on C-SPAN? But when people are in the spotlight like that, they go to all the shows, including those hyper entertainment type ones. Mm-hmm. You could see him going on on um, Jimmy Fallon.
0: Yeah, but we, like, do, we don't see
1: that, though. We don't, but this. this one just stands in for all that. You know, the, the, the ridiculousness of it all, it, it's kind of standing in for all of it.
0: I don't, I don't think that it's the media either. Yeah. I think it's just as much, if not more, how we consume media and then how the media conforms to meet those expectations. Mm-hmm. Social media is the biggest thing. And this is actually the, the part of the movie that I like the most and I felt the yeah. deepest. These social media interludes that he does where like everything turns into a meme. Yep. Everything turns into, you know, social media is not a platform to discuss <laughs> anything, not to share
1: ideas. a Jennifer Lawrence memes. Of- yes, it's the <laughs>
0: memification of everything. It just becomes a place where, you know, you could jump on trends and pick a side and then hate the other side and not listen to anything like that's that's kind of all it is and so those interludes where we see all the different tweets popping up and all the different videos and all the different people acting like they're concerned or acting outraged i felt an existential dread (laughs) watching those
1: when i i'm in the media small newspaper so Mm -hmm. it's not really like this exactly but in some ways it totally is we'll post a story about say, you know, the pandemic. And before I hit post, <laughs> I know what the comments are going to be. <laughs> yep. They're going to be like, that's Biden and the Chinese dot, dot, blah, 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 blah. Yep. Like you, you're not even going to read the story. You don't care what the scientists had to say. So to me, it was almost like a little cathartic to watch this. Mm-hmm. Um, here's my second question. Okay. This is only the second Widely reviewed film on Rotten Tomatoes with a rotten rating.
0: The second widely reviewed
1: two-win Best Picture nomination. Oh, okay. <laughs> There's plenty of rotten yeah, this movies. This doesn't make
0: any sense. Okay, I got you.
1: Extremely loud and incredibly close. 2011 was the only other Best Picture nominee to get a rotten rating. Wow. Okay. So how does it get a? How did this get nominated? That's my question. Try to imagine. Yeah. What someone who likes it would think.
0: Well, I think part of it is that we are nominating, what, nine, ten movies now instead of five. Right. I I think if this was in the days of five, this movie wouldn't have come through. Okay. That's one thing. (laughs) It's Um, been
1: like that for 13 years now.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, I don't know. I mean, it it is a tough question. I don't think that this movie is irredeemable. Mm -hmm. I don't think that it's got nothing going for it. I just think that tonally it misses the mark. But there are moments in it that really hit hard and I want to yeah. talk about the ending next cuz I think the ending is 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 pretty powerful and interesting mm-hmm. but I don't know I think it's it's the urgency of it you know it's a big cultural issue it's something that is timely right now <laughs> and if if you are on board and you laugh a little bit and you agree and you feel something maybe that's the combination I don't know
1: maybe the 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 academy is Very much aligned with Adam Kay's politics. Those liberals. I know. Terrible. Um, So David Rooney of Hollywood Reporter called it insufferably smug satire. (laughs) Dr. Strangelove, it ain't. I also thought a lot about Dr. Strangelove. In my opinion, this is like on that family tree and does well on the family tree. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's hard to compare to Dr. Strangelove with all the reverence that we have for it. Richard Roper of uh, Chicago Sun-Times gave it two and a half. Out of four stars, the volume remains at 11 and some tone changes might have effectively carried the day. I thought there were tone changes, but question three. But a two and a half star, that 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 doesn't mean he hated it. That still gave him a thumbs up. Yeah. It was in the plus 56, not the minus, you know, to make it rotten. Okay.
0: So Max Weiss, Baltimore Magazine, he says, ultimately, don't look- Is this
1: going to spoilers now or no?
0: (sighs) Oh, I forgot we about We should tell people. Yes, this is going to go into, into, spoilers. into spoilers. Although it probably
1: isn't too big of a surprise of a spoiler. Yeah, it's kind of what the movie's about. I have quasi-spoiler in my third question as well.
0: All right, so he says, ultimately, Don't Look Up is more than just mean-spirited and smug. Here's that word again. <laughs> it's aggressively those things. That is, until the sentimental coda. So let's talk about that ending, because it's yes. a departure from the rest of the film. Definitely. We have this sort of makeshift family of scientists, DiCaprio's real relatives, and a few friends around a dinner table. And there's a prayer, they eat and laugh, and then they try to pretend that everything is normal minutes mm-hmm. before the comet collides. Did that scene Earth. work
1: for you? Oh, yeah. It was great. Yeah,
0: I like the scene a I lot. I love
1: the, the camera work. There's a little weird special effect going on. It's good.
0: So, react.
1: <laughs> I loved the ending. I actually thought it was sort of a return to the earnestness of the beginning which has a little bit of jokery with like some text stuff on the cover and things like on on the screen. Mm-hmm. But basically at the beginning it's Leonardo DiCaprio and, and Jennifer Lawrence discovering the comet. And they are like terrified, legitimately scared. Um, and it's only when they then start sharing it with other people that it, yeah. it kind of goes, goes wild. But the ending where Timothy Chalamet is saying this prayer and it's like, such poetry. And then someone says, wow, that's really poetic or something like that.
0: Yeah, You got some prayer game. Yeah.
1: (laughs) And they're sort of like, um, what, you know, I mean, it's, it's such like, it's, it's such, it could have been so sentimental, but it it wasn't to me. It Mm. was like when you're, when they really believe that the world is coming to an end and, they're putting their hands around the table and praying, even though none of them really believe in God, maybe except for him. Yeah. But they're like, you know what? This still kind of feels right to do this, even though I'm not even religious. I thought that was a really interesting comment on those people. And, yeah. and it, all the emotion there worked well for me. Everything, Leo, all of Leo's emotions throughout the movie worked well for me.
0: Yeah. And we get this sort of montage of people around the world yeah, watching and drinking yeah. and sleeping together. And there's like all these different things. You get all these flashes of sort of feeling yeah. and, and visuals and it's patient and it's quiet.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's the best part of the movie, I think, yeah. because you get it's this great. sense of... of it's It's mournful on the one hand, mm-hmm. but there's also a ton of humanity yeah. and I just can't see any humanity in like most of the rest of this <laughs> you know before it's satire, this sequence man.
1: It's satire. you don't have to see the humanity in and it's it's theoretical, not emotional the sat the 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 humanity in it
0: if you say so, would you eat dinner with your family if a comet's coming or yeah. would you find something
1: I mean what yeah? What else would you do? I do like like a dinner. Go shoot off a firework or something. I don't know what you would do.
0: (laughs) That's like the most exciting thing you could think of. I'm going to shoot off a single firework.
1: (laughs) Maybe two firecrackers. (laughs) My third question. This one could open up an entire huge can of worms that we've been sort of dancing around in episodes multiple times throughout. Um, I watched this movie Edited. There was a big black chunk that was not in the movie, and I believe mostly it was nudity, but I don't don't really know. Um, I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. So I didn't see this part of Meryl Streep showing her rear end in the
0: movie. I I don't remember that. Well,
1: anyway, according to what I read about it, I I, I looked it up because of what Leonardo DiCaprio said about the scene. Hmm. According to Adam McKay, this is an interview in New York Magazine. Meryl Streep seemed unfazed by her cheeky cameo, meaning butt cheeky cameo, you know, just to clarify. She is fearless, McKay told the Guardian. She didn't even blink. She didn't even bring it up. Okay. So she was okay with it, according to what she said to Adam McKay. But you know who had a problem with it? McKay continued, Leo. Leo just views Meryl as film royalty, although maybe royalty is not a compliment, but as such a special figure in the history of film, which how could you argue against that? Yeah. So McKay goes on to say, he didn't like seeing her with the lower back tattoo, walking for a second naked. He said something to me like, do you really need to show that? And I was like, it's President Orlean, it's not Meryl Streep, unquote. Yeah. So this just seems so hypocritical (laughs) for Leonardo DiCaprio to say, wait a minute, Meryl Streep is royalty. She's revered. She's the queen of cinema, the art form. We can't let her be naked in a movie. With the
0: protect and censor our women, they can't handle themselves. Is this, no, this where you're going with this? No, it's like,
1: but then what about everybody else who's naked in all the movies? What about all the people who aren't film royalty who might be sort of uncomfortable with it, but like, I guess I'll kind of go along with it. Cause I'm getting this paycheck and maybe a lot of them are fine with it. But why do you think Leo trying to get into his mind it's speculation? Why does Leo is he implying that it's, it's kind of fine for directors to put other people, have them be nude, but we don't really want to ask Meryl Streep to do it.
0: I don't know. Um, I mean, that character is an idiot and that would be like the height of her idiocy so I, I maybe it's just like oh god, seeing Meryl stoop so low, even though it's for her character. The fact that
1: it's Meryl Streep makes a in the uh, like the fact that we know who Meryl Streep yeah. is makes a difference. It, it's
0: like when we see Judy Dench, she's like always playing somebody who's very buttoned up and like royal and very like <laughs> you know yeah. stone face. You you don't want to see her do something gauche, not something untoward. <laughs> Uh, maybe maybe it's just that I don't know. But honestly, I'm so desensitized with these things. I don't even remember <laughs> that scene. So yeah. I, it kind of shows you how important I think it is. In the moment, I noticed it. I probably felt something. Yeah. Um. But not enough to to care. And well, if if she doesn't
1: care, then one desensitized viewer or one sensitized viewer still still remains. I think it's very hypocritical and just kind of shows the. I don't know. Hollywood is so much more okay with it, but even people in Hollywood, I think question it more than, than they're willing to, to, to say in a logical way. I mean, Leo's challenging it, but it, his, his, his reasoning doesn't make sense to me. I don't know if it's because <laughs> she's,
0: older now or if there's a little we don't like, want to see a an old Meryl street butt only well, almost Meryl like because street she you know she can't protect she can't take care of herself now there's not as much dignity in it but i'm what i'm curious if you would know. have say the same thing about a male um hollywood royalty uh star you know if, if know. michael kane is doing it it could be
1: it could be the male female you know protecting thing but i don't know trivia mm-hmm. ariana grande and kid cuddy in this movie. They, they did release a, a song called Just Look Up to promote the film. Um, Chick Salube uh, was mentioned by Kate DiBiasky, Jennifer Lawrence's uh, character, which was possibly the dinosaur killer. It's also a great short story by T.C. Boyle. Jennifer Lawrence filmed most of her scenes with a broken tooth, but because of the pandemic, she couldn't get it fixed, so the missing tooth was added in in post-production. One of the most impressive Special effects. Oh yeah. I would say of the movie. Definitely. Keep Gasoline. it or kick it. It's a clear keep for me. It's, it's uh I think it's probably ranks above Dune, even though I liked Dune quite a bit.
0: So. I'll, I'll read you a review that summarize, <laughs> a line that summarizes <laughs> Just my Just say my kick thoughts. it. We're it, out of time. In the end, McKay isn't doing much more in this movie than yelling at us, but then we do deserve it. And that is a positive review.
1: Uh huh. Kind
0: of where I land keep on this it? thing. I, I'm. Top 10? I, I don't, it's, i don't I'm, i don't know top, did you laugh top 10 i, I did laugh did
1: I, you laugh more at this than school of rock
0: no i i did no but i think i'm kind of of the mind that like every movie is worth watching so yeah. that's kind of a low bar for me but <laughs> i think that this especially watching it during a pandemic i think that it's like that adds a little extra timeliness to it and i i do think that it is worth watching even though i don't think that it works a yeah. lot of the time
1: in the next episode we talk about Nightmare Alley, Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro's remake of 1947, re, 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 uh, revisiting film noir.
0: Find us at bestpicturethis.com on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you listen. We're also on Facebook and Twitter at Best Picture This. And for 16 years of golden takes, head over to letterboxed slash Mike Cavallari.
1: Visit patreon.com slash This to choose a bonus episode.
0: Thanks to WNZF and the illustrious Mark Gilliland for producing. And also, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe.
1: Thanks for listening to Best Picture This, the low-velocity spitball of film criticism.
0: (laughs) Nice.